realized that we had a point to prove and we wanted to change things. And we realized at that point we wanted to be a girl band for girls. Mm. Then, of course, things grew because we had such a huge following in the LGBTQ plus community. Mm. So we just wanted to be very inclusive and be for everybody. And it was amazing because it just gave us this opportunity to really have a voice. Welcome to Forever Young, the health and well-being podcast from Lanzarov. My name is Mario Pedazzoli, and in every episode, join me in conversation with a variety of health experts and special guests as we explore what it means to live well. We may not find the secret to eternal youth, but join me on our quest as we explore just what it means to live a balanced, healthy and happy life. Hello again and welcome to this, the last in the current Feel Well series of Forever Young. And what a great way to round off as we add a big dose of girl power to the show and welcome a true British icon. As a member of the Spice Girls, her story and their story is both fascinating and inspiring in equal measure. As one of the most successful and globally famous pop acts this country has ever produced. Their debut single, Wannabe, topped the charts in 37 countries. Their debut album, Spice, went on to sell more than 31 million copies around the world, becoming the best-selling album of all time by a female group. They went on to sell more than 100 million records, producing three studio albums, out of which came 13 singles and a host of awards, including a Brit Award for Outstanding Contribution to British Music. So it's fair to say that the Spice Girls' phenomenal success changed the landscape of pop culture, female vocal groups and the music industry forever. The five members became international superstars with fame and wealth beyond their wildest imaginations. And so it's a great privilege, as she sits here listening to that intro, uh, to welcome my favourite Spice Girl, Melanie (laughs) Sue. Well, you had to say that, didn't you? I did. (laughs) What a lovely intro. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Ah, thanks, Melanie. No, my pleasure. And yes, we have another one over the road, another Spice Girl with her store on Dover Street. Yes, we do. We do. You can't get rid of us. (laughs) We're everywhere. (laughs) Are you in touch all the time, out of interest? Yeah, we are. Funnily enough, we were messaging this morning, but... um, our relationship over the years, all of us girls, you know, we've we've gone through different phases, but we've always been in each other's lives, sometimes more than others. Mm. Um, but I think as we get older, we've got more respect for each other. Mm. And all those little minor irritations we may have had as youths, now we're mums, we've got so much more love and respect for each other. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And amazing to look back on it all, I imagine, from time to time. Amazing. And I think... The older you get, you really do reflect mm. and see things a little bit differently. And we really appreciate each other and, and what we've enabled each other to go on and, and achieve beyond the Spice Girls. Well, that in itself is, is quite a story. So we, we've got lots to talk about. Um, let's get this out of the way. Congratulations to your beloved Liverpool Yay! for winning the uh, FA Cup against yes. uh, my beloved Chelsea FC. Yes. But never mind. And, and commiserations. Yes, thank you. It was a right. good game. It was anybody's game. Yes. But, you know, we just pipped you at the post. You did. Well done. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> on to the Champions League uh, final. <laughs> yes, yes. And good luck with that, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, so, first of all, I must say you look incredibly well and fit 
Um, how are you today? How are you feeling? Do you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, it's been an interesting few years for everybody, hasn't it? And I have always been really interested in health and fitness and nutrition, mm. more recently getting into a bit of biohacking. So obviously me learning about Lanzerhoff, I was like, wow, this is like everything under one roof. Mm -hmm. This is like the place I've dreamed of. So, um, yeah, I try to look after myself and, and, and try to not get too bogged down because I feel like at the moment there's so much information out there. Yes, there Sometimes is. it can be overwhelming. Mm, that's very, very true. Well, look, we, we've got so much to discuss today um, and you've achieved so much in your career. But then, as you've said, balancing this with motherhood, keeping fit and well, as you clearly are, um, so, so thanks for making the time and let's see where the conversation takes us. Um, but this morning, uh, you've been busy already this morning. Um, you've had an infusion cryotherapy. Why don't yes. you start talking about that? Yes. yes. Two of my favorites, actually. I think I started having infusions, you know, quite a while ago mm. and it kind of kicked off with touring, heavy schedules, you know, really demanding a lot of your body, um, trying to stay fit and well, sometimes being a little bit under the weather, but mm. still having to perform mm. at your best. So having the odd B12 shot and then, of course, becoming more aware of all the other, you know, wonderful, like the Myers cocktail and the things that you can have to get you through those times. So it's something I tend to lean on if I've got a very busy period, if I'm not feeling great, if I'm doing a lot of traveling, you know, maybe um, a little bit dehydrated, mm. I find it really, really helps. And then of course, through the pandemic, mm. I was still working when I could, there was a little bit of traveling happening. And of course I, I wanted to boost that immune system. So it's something I began to do more regularly. Mm, mm. So that really is very much part of your lifestyle. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And it's become more and more. I think the thing I've found more than anything is, you know, getting older and still demanding the same things from my body. Yes. Um, you know, not only physically, but in a work sense, even, you know, mentally, you know, mm. trying to achieve a lot. The things I was trying to do in my 20s and 30s, I'm still trying to do now into my late 40s. Yes. And I find the recoveries harder. Mm -hmm. You know, I do get more tired. And I'm a mum. I have a teenage daughter mm. now, which is a whole new world I've just stepped into. So, yes, everything helps all those little things help yes uh, i have to say talking about your infusion i think uh, everyone was really excited to to see you here today and i think claire who was your nurse yes was uh, so excited she actually showed me a photograph of her as a five-year-old spice girl <laughs> Sorry, Claire, had to drop that in, but she was so nervous. I'm not, she I'm was surprised. very she professional. She got the needle in the vein, actually. I never would have known. Yes, um, she had a very steady hand and was absolutely lovely. This is something which all of us girls, you know, we every day we meet wonderful people, and mm. I've seen so many pictures of birthday parties of people dressing up bedrooms full of Spice Aww. Girls posters. And yeah, it's so lovely. You know, we're so proud of that legacy. Well, well, we'll certainly talk more about that later. And and then followed by cryotherapy, of course. Yeah. Um, how was that? 
I love cryo. I mean, there is so many benefits from cryotherapy. Personally, for me, it's that feel good factor. You know, I train hard. I work hard. It's been great for my recovery. Mm. Um, But just that, you know, you come out. I always come out smiling. I always come out laughing. And it kind of just carries you through the day. Yes, you're ready for part two of the day, aren't you, after after cryo? Well, that's great to hear. Um, As I said, you you are looking very fit. and as part of my research, I did go on to your Instagram and I saw you recently in L.A. having some fun with a trainer. And uh, it's for you to describe <laughs> what you're up to on the Instagram post. But just if I say you, you're clearly training like an athlete, would you say you're the fittest you've ever been or have you always maintained this level? Um, you know, I think I've just become more knowledgeable over the years when, you know, and fashions and fads have changed, haven't they? When mm. I first discovered the gym in the 90s, I was, you know, it was a time when everybody was doing cardio. It was cardio, cardio, cardio. Mm. The aesthetic was very different. You know, in the 90s, the look was very slim. Mm. And I really love that things have changed now. Mm. You know, there's a lot more body diversity, which is a brilliant thing. And also strong women, Mm. you know, muscular women Mm -hmm. or people who are more muscular, more defined. Because I remember, you know, going through a phase where, you know, back in the 90s, I was quite slim. But... You know, I wanted to be strong. I, I wanted to do weights. I wanted to do strength training. Mm. But there wasn't many women that, out there Leading the that way looked on that. that way. Yes. Yeah. So now to see that boom mm. in that gym culture and being stronger is is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've really enjoyed that change. And I think as well, you know, having some injuries through the years, one quite serious, I ruptured my cruciate ligament. It's almost 20 years ago now, but Mm. that made me really appreciate my body so much more. And it taught me that I can't keep going crazy. Mm. I can't keep going health forever. You know, there has to be some structure within Mm. my training. I have to learn to recover, recover properly and, and look after it more. And as I get older, I have to look after even more. You know, sometimes I find mm. my training program is frustrating because the majority of it is is rehab and mm. physio. Mm. So, you know, it's just kind of going with the flow and, and learning to listen to your body because yes. I think we, as a young person, you often shut out those, you know, those Well, we think we're invincible, signs. don't we? Yeah, we do. And, and sleep and recovery are also, of course, very important pillars of of wellness generally do you feel more informed now than you used to be definitely Mm. yeah I think we're all learning aren't we we're all learning so much more about nutrition and I think sleep is the thing mental health of course we've Mm. all been much more open about over recent years and being mindful meditation and Mm. and it you know kind of taking away anything any of the mystery around it you know making it um, easier for people to understand or to fit into their daily routine. So that's what I've really enjoyed. Mm. And um, well, which leads us nicely, actually, because I know one of the topics you wanted to discuss on the show today was your recent stay at the Lanzerhof Resort in mm-hmm. Tegensee mm-hmm. Uh, in the Bavarian Alps. Yeah. So there'll be those listening to the show that haven't stayed at, at a resort like that. Most people haven't. And, and I know it's something you do like to do as mm-hmm. part of your approach to, to your own well-being, as, yeah. as many, many thousands of others do as well. So talk us through your experience at, at Lanzerhof in Tegensee. I was very excited, but also a little nervous. Mm. I've been to lots of health resorts, spas, 
but nothing like this. It really is everything under one roof. You know, I kind of, I did arrive and it was almost like the place I dreamed of. It's a beautiful location, you know, nestled there in the snow-capped mountains. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, wonderful spa with a great heated pool outside. Mm-hmm. And I was very lucky during my stay, my first full day there, it was gloriously sunshine mm. and it was a beautiful warm day. And I went out mountain biking But then the next day, the snow came down, which Mm. I believe, you know, it was springtime in the Alps. It's very common that the weather changes quite quickly. So for the next few days of my stay, it was this white wonderland, winter wonderland. And swimming outside in that beautifully heated pool Mm. in the snow, it was, yeah, it was just, it was incredible. Mm. Yeah, so it's gorgeous. You know, the first thing when you arrive the style, the architecture, it's just a beautiful facility. You know, it's a five star. Everything about it is gorgeous. And then, of course, the medical facility, there's there's everything there, you know, from practitioners, from, you know, a medical side of things, some beautiful treatments. And you just feel like you're in really, really good hands. Mm. And you can I think what's wonderful about going somewhere like that is that you can let go of responsibility. Mm. And I think in our lives, especially as adults and parents and working people, we are so responsible all the time. You know, we're responsible for other people. We're responsible mm. for ourselves. And it's nice to go somewhere where someone else can take responsibility for you. Yes, where you're investing in yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One has to. Absolutely. And I think we all work so hard to just carve out that time for you Mm. was so good for me. I did have some work to do there. Mm. I think the thing I'd like to do, because I definitely want to return, is to go where the only work I'm doing is on myself. Mm. You know, that was my only regret, is that I did have to sneak off to my room to catch up with work from time to time. But nevertheless, I had great benefit. But even if that were your only distraction, it's still not bad, is it? You know, in the setting that you're in. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, it, it was really great. Revitalising. I had a wonderful view. I, you know, I could see the pool steaming away, mm. calling me for a few laps, and then those, you know, snow-capped mountains. And it, yeah, it was great. And I learnt so much. You know, I do feel like I'm quite knowledgeable. I'm always mm. either listening to podcasts or reading, and you know, watching things about the advances in technology around mm. health and fitness. But I came away with so much more knowledge. And did you try the fasting therapy program as well? I did, but I, I felt luckily. So you arrive and you have lots of tests, lots of blood tests. And you talk to your doctor there who looks after you throughout your stay. And, you know, between you, you figure out the best program. So I wasn't deprived too much. I know some people go mm. and they're on a very strict Mm-hmm. regime you know it can be broth and teas and thankfully I was I was quite well fed so yes. I had a lovely time when you arrive on your first night you have the the menu which is you get a lovely soup and a lovely main course and I was like oh I could get used to this mm. but the real work starts the following morning but even still you know the, there was lots of food mm. and I think the thing I take away more than anything is 
just be mindful when you're eating and mm. the chewing, you yes. know, everybody talks times, about it. Melanie. 30 times. I might have slipped a little bit, but it's definitely stayed with me to, you know, to really think about eating. I think we're, we're so distracted, aren't yes, we? Whether we are. we're, we're watching something with on our computer or yes. on our phone. It's like we're be present. We're not doing present. these things consciously, are we? We're, we're, yeah. It's just all taking it for granted and we're not really present. And I think that is a takeaway from yeah, the stay there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so many times I, I've eaten a meal and then I go, oh, I don't even remember eating that, mm-hmm. you know, and it was that was really good. And I think just thinking about the nutrients you know, the food that's going into your body, what it's going to do to your body, mm-hmm. um, you know, just taking that moment and not drinking. Yes. When you eat. Not having the opportunity to. Not even take a coffee. Yeah. So it was, they're the things I've kind of taken away and I I always think about now at every meal time. I'll try to, obviously, we need to be hydrated, but keep drinking mm. the water and you know the herbal teas and everything away from food yes is a good one and as you say even if you take away i don't know 40 50 percent of what you've learned it's still um life enhancing you mm. know, if you just take away a, a few pointers yeah so um that's really great to hear and glad to hear you'd like to um to return as well. I need to return yeah I, I went on a crazy trip just afterwards and all of my good clean healthy living went out the window mm. I was over in um, the US for a few weeks I took my daughter to Coachella so we went to a festival which mm. is quite difficult to uphold the healthy lifestyle when yes. you're at a music festival <laughs> um, so yeah so I've come home and, and and this is you know been great to to get back into things the other thing which I must tell you I were an aura ring. Oh, do you? And it's, I'm quite new to it. And yes. I was very, very interested. I struggle with my recovery and my HRV isn't where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's around when I'm in London and I'm, you know, sleeping well and eating well, hydrating, training, getting the rest. My HRV, I can't get it over 30, over like mid 30s. When I left Lancer Half, Mm. It was 77. Really? And th- so that was the biggest thing. My heart, my resting heart rate when I was sleeping was down to 41. It's usually mm. in the 50s. But my HRV was an incredible improvement well, all the way up at 77. And great that you're tracking your sleep. As we yeah. said earlier, it's such an important part of yeah. your overall well-being. Yeah. That uh, there are sleep trackers now that can really help. Yeah. Oh, you're really embracing the technology. I am. I'm all in. Biohacker extraordinaire. <laughs> Well, that's great. And and thanks for describing all of that. Um, actually had the opportunity to stay there in autumn uh, a year and a half ago. And the autumn colours were gorgeous. I think every oh, I season bet. there it, yeah. it really is quite Yeah, any stunning. time of the year. Mm. I think what was really interesting for me going was, as I was saying, I'm 48. Obviously, I'm coming into a very different phase in mm. my life. And I had lots of checks. Um, I had ultrasound on my thyroid, you know, on my... Uh, organs and I just felt you know while I'm here there are so many opportunities you can you can go and you can have you know any kind of experience you can you can get in really deep into these things and I thought this is such a great opportunity for me for peace of mind mm. you know my daughter's 13 I I want to be around for a good while longer you know to yes. be here for her to watch her grow up and just to come away knowing that things are good you know, there's nothing I need to be concerned about. There's nothing I need to investigate. Yes. I just thought, 
there isn't many chances we have to really have a full MOT and come away with that peace of mind as well as learning how to, you know, to, to yeah. age gracefully. Well, let's talk healthily. about that because we, we touched <laughs> on it earlier off, uh, off the mic um, about aging and aging gracefully and embracing different stages of our lives. Um, are you managing to do that? Because you strike me still as very competitive and, and probably competing with your 20-something self. Yeah. Are you adjusting? I am. I think we have to make peace with certain things, <laughs> don't we? That's well said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so I competed on Dancing with the Stars last year. I, I was in LA doing that for three months. And it was a wonderful experience. I enjoyed it. But I had to make peace with my new body mm. because I danced as a kid. I did gymnastics as a kid. I had the ultimate freedom. My body pretty much would do whatever I wanted it to. It doesn't anymore. No, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I can do a lot. But I'm very grateful to my body and I know I have to look after it in a different way. So I think as we get older, it is a bit more about recovery mm. and being sensible and treating it well. You know, we all know, don't we, those those hangovers get worse as we get older they and, do. you know, we, we have less freedom when it comes to enjoying ourselves. But, you know, that's OK. I've, I've had my 20s. I've been gone out and I've been mm. wild. And now I just want to I just want to feel good. So, um, yeah, it's just been a bit kinder to yourself, I think. And also, you, you mentioned uh, you, you're a mother of a, of a teenager now, yeah. Scarlett, I think. And, um, and I think children have a, a, a great way of telling you to slow down as well, because you can't burn the candle at both ends. And if you're up, up early in the morning, you can't party all night like you used to so mm -hmm. when, when they're little ones. Um, and how are you coping in, in fact, keeping the balance between your career and mm -hmm. motherhood and, and keeping fit and well, do you feel you've got the balance right? I think it's better than it has been in the past. I think it's always a work in progress. Mm. And with work, sometimes it's out of your hands and it's impossible. But learning about recovery and, you know, having the opportunities to understand your body mm. and why you're feeling that way. Mm. You know, if you're, of course, you're exhausted. I, I recently, I was in Ibiza for 24 hours DJing, came home, rehearsed and then had a show with my band in, you know, all within the, the space of three days. Did your daughter go with you? She didn't on this one. Mm. It's tricky. It's in between school, you know. Mm. It's trying to make things fit in and work. Yeah. And the, the thing which is tough, actually. So if, if it was just little old me, that'd be great because I can lie in or I can, you know, take a break. But, of course, I, I get home and sometimes she needs home, help with her homework or she's she's up at the crack of dawn or she's not up at the crack of dawn because <laughs> her alarm's be. going off and I need to go and wake her up. So it is it is trying to fit in all of the th things, you know, being a mum, looking after myself, my own schedule as well as hers, feeding us both, especially when I never have anything in that she wants mm -hmm. to eat. So, yeah, that, that's kind of like an, an added strain, I think. Um, the parental role, it continues to change, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yes. When they're teenagers or all of their, their needs are so different to what they used to be. Yes. So, yeah, so, th so that balance is, it's tough. It's tough to strike that balance. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely think I'm better than I, than I was when I was younger. Let, let's ask you another mum question uh, before we go on to your career, maybe. Uh, knowing what you know now, if your daughter showed an interest in, in a singing career, mm -hmm. what advice would you give? Oh, wow. Well, it's interesting because my mum's a singer. 
and she's always been very supportive and the best advice she gave me was never do anything you don't feel comfortable doing mm. and I think that's good advice in any career or any sure. area of your life you know and I think especially working in the entertainment industry that's something that I've always had in the forefront of my mind my daughter has no interest in performing and and I feel quite relieved a relief yeah. yes I was going to say that I do yes. I do if she wanted to I would fully support her um and and try to give her loads of advice which she would ignore <laughs> she's a teenager yeah she's a teenager I I don't know anything mm -hmm. at the moment um but you know I do feel lucky in that her talents lie elsewhere because I think it's quite a pressure if you have a successful parent in that field, mm. I feel like it would be it would be difficult, you know, to to emerge from the shadow of yes. that in some way. Yes, yeah. that, that must be tough. Well, maybe that leads us on nicely to to your career. So um, maybe we could talk about that, which is you know evolving, as you said earlier yeah. as well. But if we go back to early Spice Girl time, um, you obviously all set out to be pop stars and maybe had that dream as a little girl. Um, but before you knew it, it was the era of girl power, cool Britannia. Did you get maybe more than you bargained for? Because you, you know, it's one thing releasing a song and it being successful, but you really shaped the country in so many ways. Um, how did it feel being, um, well, leading that, that kind of influence on us all? At the time, we were so in it. It was a crazy time. It was a fantastic time that we kind of just got on with it. You know, it was what we intended. We initially set out to be a pop band. You know, that's mm. what we wanted to do. We wanted to make music. We wanted to travel. We wanted to sign autographs. We wanted to be <laughs> famous. You know, all those things that as a young person you grow up wanting to do. And when it happened, obviously, you know, fame is is an interesting thing and you have to take the rough with the smooth. It's not all mm. positive. You know, there's some tricky things you learn along the way. But we didn't set out to be a band that shouted about girl power, that, you know, wanted to change a generation of young women and young people. But we experienced sexism quite quickly mm. in our careers, going into record labels, going into magazine offices. And we were told girl power bands don't sell. Um, mm. You know, you're never going to grace the cover of a, of a magazine. It'll always be the boys. And we realised that we had a point to prove and we wanted to change things. And we realised at that point we wanted to be a girl band for girls. Mm. Then, of course, things grew because we had such a huge following in the LGBTQ plus community. Mm. So we just wanted to be very inclusive and mm. be for everybody. And it was amazing because it just gave us this opportunity to really have a voice mm. and it put fire in our bellies and it made us more determined to succeed. So it really helped us. Wow, that's really great to hear all that. So you yeah. just collectively all decided yeah. we're going to do something about it. Absolutely, this. yeah. And look what you've done. You've spawned so many <laughs> girl bands and, yeah. and inclusivity you've championed and, and the world today is generally a much better place, would you feel, as a result of that? Do you think it's easier for... A group of young girls to, to now make a career, do you feel the barriers are removed? 
most definitely. There are so many young artists now that talk about the Spice Girls, mm. being fans of us when they were younger, whether it's Dua Lipa, Adele, Years and Years. There's actresses out there as well. I mean, so many people, it's lovely. It feels like a golden time to be a Spice Girl because so many of our original fans from the 90s are now, you know, in their 30s and and really achieving great things in their lives yes. and talking about it. So yes. it's it's really, really lovely. And um yeah, I, it's, for us girls, it's it's funny because, like I say, at the time we were in it, we were we were enjoying it, but we were also surviving it. Mm. And now we can look back and and really be proud of those things that we achieved, and it, and it's incredible. And I think you know, women in music have been taken more seriously, and mm. of course, you know, <laughs> it's a business. And the Spice Girls' success made lots of people lots of money. And that enabled women to be taken more seriously, you mm. know. So obviously there's a positive aspect, but, you know, it's all industry at the end of the day. But, yeah, to see things even like the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. you know, there's been a real shift and a real change. And I'm not saying it's all down to the Spice Girls, but I think we were a really big part in people being able to be taken more seriously, yes. to be able to to speak out. And, um, yeah, it means a lot to us when people mention that. And And, and what a legacy, therefore. Uh, that you've all left behind, and but you, you continue to perform. Um, something you just said there, you know, you were commercially a money-making machine. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, but you're also young adults in your formative years, still learning who you are. Do you feel, when you look back on that and knowing what you know now, did you have all the support you needed? You will have no doubt have had all the support to be there at a certain time and, and milk the money machine. But did you have all the support as people? Um, with feelings and frailties? Mm, I, I don't think so, no. And I think it's a bit of an issue in the music industry. I do believe it's getting better. Some of the labels now do have more mental health support for their young artists. Mm. But I can only speak from my own experience. You know, I, I have spoken openly about depression, eating disorders that I've suffered, um, mm. you know, throughout my life and career. And I just, you know, people around me, people tried to reach out to me, people tried to help, but I didn't have what I believe the professional support yes. that I needed. Yes. You know, I I know myself, you know, I've experienced some of these things and, and I have people in my life that at times I've been worried about and I don't know how to approach people. Mm. And personally for me, speaking to a doctor, a therapist, um, these are the, the people that have really given me the help and the tools that I've needed. Of course, you need support from your friends and your family and your colleagues. Um, but I think that professional help is so important. And the disorders that you, you dealt with were, were a direct result of the fame and, and the pressures that came with, with fame. I believe so. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I was in an environment as a young person before the Spice Girls. I was a dancer. Mm. I went to performing arts college and I had been in an environment and known people who had suffered with eating disorders. And it wasn't something that, you know, ever touched me personally. And once I 
was in the public eye, being photographed, being commented on, you know, the media, especially mm. here in the UK. It's cruel. It's cruel brutal mm. and looking back then in the 90s as well the language that was used around women mm. i'm not saying it's perfect today because it isn't mm. there's still a long way to go it's improved a lot um you know the, being criticized constantly it's a lot it's a lot to deal with as a young person and again i don't want to blame anybody there are lots of reasons why these things happen um but i do believe that's part of the reason why those things happen to me Goodness, it's upsetting listening to that. Actually, yeah. Just uh, so, so you, how did you come through it? You clearly didn't have the support that you could have had. Mm. I'm sure your family were looking out for you all the time. However, you were away from them for large yeah. parts of the year. Yeah. Um, I guess it was sink or swim, really. So, what did you learn about your character, Melanie, and 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 in coping mechanisms? What did you learn about yourself? Well, even to this day, I mean, the other day I was I was in my kitchen and there was there was lots of things going on, and my daughter was being a bit tricky, and I just thought I'm a warrior, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I think all of us, we don't give ourselves credit for mm. our capabilities, mm. you know. And through that time, there's times when I felt so weak and so helpless and so vulnerable, but I've got through them. Goodness. And it was quite lonely at times. So lonely. And personally for me, everybody's experience is different, but through my eating disorders, I I was anorexic at a time. I've also suffered with binge eating disorder, which I feel was like my body's way of trying to heal itself. It was mm. so starved of nutrition. Um, I was so embarrassed, you know, and I felt so alone. And I I was so secretive, you know, in the the beginnings of, of my eating disorder and kind of when it first took its grip on me in, in the like mid to late 90s, I was so ashamed mm. and I didn't want anybody to know. And it's, you know, and eating is such an important part of life, obviously, not only because we need it to survive, but socially, mm -hmm. you know, and I, you know, you cut yourself off from the world because you're hiding this big secret. Well, you're not socializing as a result. Absolutely not. And I mean, any av avoidance of, of mm. mealtimes and food and, and, you know, when you're hiding a secret like that. So it does make you feel very, very alert. And I think getting through that really does make you realize as weak as you felt. I think sometimes as well, because, you know, I'd feel embarrassed that I became a victim of that. Like, how could I allow that to happen to myself? But it happened to you and you got better. And to survive that is a strength in itself. But that process of working through that, mm. were you all on your own with that or did you get help towards the end? Did it help? Yeah, I, I got help eventually. People did reach out to me mm. and I think it's hard, you know, anybody with issues like this, you can't really be helped until you're ready. Mm. To, to seek help, you yes. know, so, you know, as I, opposed to being in denial, you mean? And just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, there was points in in my career and when people would approach me and, and I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready to hear it. I wasn't ready to talk about it. I wasn't ready for anybody to bring up the subject with me. And it wasn't until I felt 
ready and desperate for help mm. that I reached out and I went along to my GP and and it was the depression that he acknowledged first that needed to be addressed and that that was when I took my first steps on the road to recovery and it was quite a long road but it took me a long time to get to that point of desperation and um yeah and then it's been a, a long road back goodness well yeah it's such a privilege to um you talk to openly and honestly. I really appreciate that and um, and, and sharing all of that. Um, well, let's bring it back round because are there any positives to fame, <laughs> Melanie? <laughs> well, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, of course, you know, there's, there's been a lot of pain and a lot of heartache, but it's all part of my story mm. and my journey. And, you know, and I think also as a mum, I, I, you know, we have to take the silver linings from these sometimes hideous things that happen in our lives and for me I just feel like I have this first-hand knowledge mm. of very difficult things and as a mum I feel very armed if god forbid any of these things were to come up in my daughter's life um fame is a wonderful thing you know it's what I dreamed of as yes. a kid you know it's the fairy tale I did it I love my life I I was on stage at the weekend and I, you know my job I can't call it a job you know it's no. it's my hobby sometimes it drives me nuts like anyone you know there's things about our jobs which are hard but I perform for mm. a living, you know, I connect with people, I can express myself, I, I'm still making music, I'm still performing, and I just, I, I wouldn't change anything. It just comes naturally to yeah. you. Yeah. That's where you're in your happy place. Absolutely, and you know, the pandemic was so weird for all of us, and I kind of lost a little bit of my identity because I wasn't mm. performing, and it made me realise how important it is to me and find a new appreciation for it. Mm. Um and today you seem very comfortable in your skin, Melanie. The fact that you openly talk about this, maybe it sounds like years ago you could never have yeah. openly discussed oh, any, gosh, any no. issues that you might have, but you seem very comfortable. Um, how would you... Well, no, let's look forward, actually. And uh, and I can't believe I'm going to ask this question because this you met the lovely Jess... Who showed you around today? Yes. And got you started. Yes. And she wants me to ask this question in this particular way. So looking forward and what you hope to achieve in the next five years, tell me what you want. <laughs> <laughs> what you really, really want. And Melanie, there's only one way to answer that. <laughs> well, looking forward ahead to the next five years, time passes so quickly, doesn't it? In five years, I'll be into my 50s. Yep, welcome. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, it's crazy, right? I was so excited about turning 40. And like literally on the day I turned 40, the wheels fell off. And then like all of these new aches and pains appeared. But now I'm like heading towards the big 5 -0. Hurtling towards Hurtling, it. thank you for yes. putting that in there. Um, yeah, and you know what? I, I'm excited. You know, the next phase in my life, I'm finding I have more of an appreciation for myself mm. as I get older. I am still in the career that I love. I'm taking on new challenges. I have only been DJing for a few years, but I love it. I'm going to continue to make music. 
I have my first memoir coming out later this year. So I've been delving into my past. And did you have help with that or is it an I did, yeah. Or? I have a wonderful ghostwriter, Hattie Collins. Mm. And yeah, we've been doing lots of research and reminiscing and laughing and crying oh. and everything. And it's, you know, it's daunting. I've had moments when I've thought, what am I doing? I can't do it. But there's also some real moments of celebration. You know, I've had some great times in my life, as well as the tough stuff. You know, there's been some incredible moments. So I'm excited to to get all of that down and share that with people. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. yes, DJing is clearly a new interest. Of yeah. And um, I think you were also on The Voice Kids, um, which was lovely to see. Yeah. It's back to you talking about your young self. Mm-hmm. And obviously that must um, remind you in many ways of the, 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 the starry-eyed ambitions yeah. you had back then. Um, are you enjoying that show? Did you enjoy that show? You know what? It was so much fun. I love the show. Of all of that, that genre of shows, The Voice has always been my favourite and the one I always wanted to be a part of. So when I was asked, I absolutely jumped at the chance. The kids are incredible. Mm. I mean, so brave and so brilliant because it's they're under so much pressure. They well, turn yes. up, you know, they've, they've got the, the backs of these chairs facing them mm-hmm. that they're performing to. They're with a live band. Some of them have never performed with a live band before. And they all do such a good job. And they were so positive. And, you know, we, we all turn on the voice kids. That's the big change from the, the adult voice show we all turn and give them some constructive criticism even if they haven't had a turn to progress further in the show and they just take it all so gracefully and they're so grateful to be there Mm. um so it was really inspiring and it really gives you hope for the future generation Mm. um and i had a lovely time and i was with will and pixie and and danny jones the great great people a great team of people on the show you know, behind the scenes as well. So that was lovely. And yeah, I just find all these great new opportunities keep coming up for me. Mm. And um, yeah, hopefully more more ahead. Well, that's wonderful. Maybe last question um, uh, before we round off. What advice would you give your, your pre-Spice Girls self? That's a big question. <laughs> that's a big, big question. I think it would be to trust your instincts. That's the thing I've come back to as I get older. I think we can get knocked off course a little bit. Mm. We think people know better than we do, but nobody knows better than you what's right for you, you know? So really listen to those instincts and um, yeah, and be brave and take those chances. And that, that, that old saying, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Well, what a great way to end. Um, Melanie, you've been amazing. And Thank you. So open and sharing your story with us all. Uh, a real inspiration for anyone that's interested on our resort, in fact, or anything that we do here in Dover Street at Lanzerhof at the Arts Club, please email lanzerhof at theartsclub.co.uk. Melanie, have a great rest of day. I will. Thank you so much. And uh, look forward to seeing you here again very soon. And good luck next season. Yes. (laughs) And the same. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.